Hi, my name is Cody, and I'm on a mission to break the silence of domestic violence and sexual assault. This production is brought to you by Bolton Refuge House, which is located in Wisconsin. At Bolton Refuge House, we create a safe space through programs and services for all persons impacted by domestic violence, intimate partner violence, and sexual assault, and advocate for social change. Remember high school? The raging hormones, trying to fit in, and prom? Ugh. I get the chills just thinking about it. But today isn't about my repressed high school memories. No, today I wanted to focus on another problem kids are sadly facing. Abuse. To help me better understand what teens are going through, I have Officer Scott, who is a resource officer with the local high school. I'll just let her introduce herself. I am an officer with the Eau Claire Police Department. I've worked with the city of Eau Claire for about six and a half years. Right now, I'm assigned to our investigation division as a school resource officer. So I work in one of the high schools in Eau Claire full time. So I'm there, you know, all hours when the school is open and when the kids are in school. And then in the summer, I go back to the police department and work in the investigation unit. At the school, I do a lot of different things. I um, work on school safety related things, investigate crimes that occur in school and also investigate crimes where kids at the school may have been a victim, but it happened out in the community. I also do a lot of educational things, like getting into the classroom, um, teaching kids about the law, and what it means, you know, to be a police officer, uh, talking about drug awareness, things like that. And I also just respond to -to day-to-day issues that pop up in the school. So kind of like a patrol officer responds to calls out in the community. As a school resource officer, I respond to um, cases or calls for help um, throughout the school day. Being a police officer was a childhood dream for me. As a young girl, I watched a lot of crime shows and was really drawn to the detectives or the police officers in the shows and the way they investigated crimes. And I thought it was very, very interesting. So as I got older, I grew in just an interest in the law. Um, At one point, I actually thought maybe I'd become an attorney or a lawyer. And when I went to college, which was actually UW-Eau Claire, it's how I came to this area, I declared a major of criminal justice At that time, I actually thought I would maybe go into the youth justice or juvenile justice realm. And my senior year of college, I kind of made the flip to go into law enforcement. Somebody I knew that is a very good friend that actually works in the juvenile justice system brought it up to me. Uh, She said, you know, have you ever thought about being a police officer? And I was like, yeah, I did (laughs) when I was a young kid, but I didn't know if I would be a good fit for it or what, you know, the job really entailed because most of my exposure was just through television. And taking a couple classes on law enforcement at UW-Eau Claire uh, got me, had a better understanding of what the job was and that I actually would be a good fit and my personality would fit and the things that police officers do, I would enjoy. So that's why I decided to get into law enforcement. And I really enjoy working for a city the size of Eau Claire, I loved being a patrol officer before I came in the school um, because you really get to investigate all types of crimes. You get to respond to all sorts of issues in the community. And I enjoy being in a career that's fast-paced but also involves a lot of different 
a lot of different things, and there's a lot that we do. I first wanted to know what challenges Officer Scott faced with working with a younger population. As it relates to challenges with working with kids or young adults, um, you know, I specifically work with high school age kids, so I'll focus more on that demographic because that's where my experience lies. But, you know, 14 to 18 year olds, their brains are developing. Um, They uh, are very impulsive. um, They're very emotional. And that can be an added challenge um, as it relates to working with that, that age group. Um, they're also kind of irrational. Um, they, you know, just they don't think through things, and that's a part of their development during that time. But that being said, I I love working with high school age kids because of the unique time of development they're experiencing from 14 to 18. So much happens during that time, so that really excites me. So the other thing that I find to be somewhat challenging is teenagers are very driven by their peers. They want to fit in. They want to be well-liked. And so being that they're impulsive, irrational, kind of like we talked about, their brains are developing and they really care about what others think. They're really looking for that peer affirmation. That can create some obstacles as it relates to, you know, investigating certain crimes or trying to get to know kids Because I might know a kid one-on-one and they're a great kid, they're awesome to work with, but then when they're in front of their peers, it might be a different story. That's not the case for all kids, but these are just some things I've noticed working as a school resource officer, some challenges with adolescents. From Officer Scott's experiences as a resource officer, I was wondering if she could share with us any warning signs of child abuse. So as it relates to, you know, child abuse, sexual abuse, neglect, The things that I've noticed are just based off of my experience as a police officer. So I am not an expert. You know, I've been fortunate to attend some trainings and have some different avenues where I've been able to learn more about this topic, but I am not an expert. Um, So, you know, as I share these things, these are truly just based off my experience, but hopefully um, some of these warning signs will be helpful um, for the listeners in what to look for. So, you know, right away, I always think, you know, when we think of abuse, we think of physical, physical changes or physical signs. So that could be as, you know, simple as bruising, injuries, you know, as it relates to neglect, really dirty clothing, unkept physical appearance. So, you know, very dirty hair or um, literally could be, you know, dirt on a child's skin or yeah, just very, and very unclean presence. And when we talk more of the emotional or social things that could be signs, you know, I've seen kids uh, withdraw. They socially isolate. They can become depressed or have a massive change in their personality. So maybe, you know, the kid was always happy, outgoing, upbeat. And if they, you know, became a victim of child abuse, sexual assault, or even other crimes, they could, you know, have a big shift in personality. So be be depressed, or maybe even a change in physical appearance, um, or with they could become more withdrawn or socially isolate from their friends. Sometimes I see, you know, behavioral issues with kids that are victims of, you know, child abuse, sexual assault, could lead to, you know, what we call like acting out or just, you know, maybe behaviors that are not typical of that child, especially in teens. So that could be angry outbursts, defiance, uh, risky things like running away 
or maybe just engaging in other risky behaviors like crime or underage drinking or drug use. Um, in addition to that, that could be other types of substance abuse. I think some things I've noticed too is, you know, I think of specifically a case where 15 year old was a victim of some domestic abuse, witnessing some domestic abuse, but also a victim of abuse was had a kind of a fear of going home or a fear of um, her parents. And so with all the other signs that um, that girl exhibited, that was one was kind of a fear of parent or maybe a fear of a guardian or going home. The other thing I see in the school sometimes is truancy. Once again, going off of an experience I had, very truant student eventually came to their school counselor and talked about um, some crimes that were being committed against them. They were a victim of a crime that occurred at home and that was really contributing to the truancy. And once I was involved in investigating the case and arrest was made, that totally cleared up the truancy issue and that student was coming to school. Another thing to kind of look out for is, you know, is the child like wary of physical contact? Do they, you know, cringe from normal physical contact or do they kind of push away? Um, and this isn't all the time, but this could be one thing that might be a sign that that child's been a victim. Um, also, promiscuous or seductive behavior. I do see this in teenagers. Um, teenagers that have been a victim maybe of sexual assault or something like that can um, engage in, yeah, seductive behaviors or just very promiscuous sexual activity. And also just sleep issues. So issues with sleeping, nightmares, um, you name it that those are all kinds of signs that I see or just warning signs that a child could be, be being abused and that could include sexual assault, child abuse, neglect. As it relates to like an age group that's affected more than others, I don't know. I'm sure there's some statistical information out there, but you know, I think often even I, before I became a police officer, had a misperception that, you know, the only people being abused or neglected or sexually assaulted were young kids. But being in a high school, I've really learned that that's not the case. You can have a 17 year old <laughs> that's a victim of you know, child abuse or a 15 year old. And I think because these kids are older, uh, you know, adolescents, I think sometimes we just don't think about them, but they are very much you know, a group that gets victimized as well. Next, I wanted to know if Officer Scott had a kid she suspected as being abused or neglected, how does she get them to open up to her? I really focus on building a relationship and a rapport with kids, um, especially if that you know kid comes to my office or comes to me and wants to report you know, that they're victimized in a certain way. Even as I'm interviewing them or talking to them, I try to build a rapport or a relationship. There's also kids that I, you know, might be suspicious of some things going on. Like we talked about those warning signs. Maybe I'm seeing some of that. And so I do try to pursue getting to know that child to, you know, hopefully get them to a place where they do feel comfortable about opening up. Um, if that is truly the case or they are a victim of child abuse or sexual assault. So I truly think like relationship building, building a rapport really showing to kids that you care will make them feel more comfortable. You know, I had 
a case with a girl who I just got to get to know because I went into a classroom and gave a presentation and she wasn't interested in law enforcement. She was just a really nice kid and wanted to, you know, talk and we got to get to know each other, say hi in the hallway. And it was that little interaction. And then two months later, you know, she walks into my office and said, I need to tell you about something that happened to me six years ago. I was sexually assaulted. So in investigating that case towards the end, she made a comment to me, you know, I felt comfortable coming to talk to you about this because you, you know, were so nice to me in the hallways or you talked to me. And those were just little interactions for me where it's like no skin off my back to just talk and be nice and say hi. But that made that student feel comfortable. So yeah, I share that as an example of how important like relationship building is. It's unique being a school resource officer because I'm in the school 40 hours a week, so I have a lot of time to do that relationship building. And also, you know, as some kids get to know me and have a positive view of me as I build a good reputation, that does spread around the school and kids, you know, they take that and maybe they don't know me, but because they've heard about, you know, who I am, um, that will you know, make them feel more comfortable coming to me. Now, I say that not to sound self-righteous or anything, but I have seen the impact of relationship building. And, you know, if you're a teacher or somebody that works with kids, taking that time to really invest uh, in relationships could be what makes them feel safe to come and share something with you in the future. I then wanted to know if Officer Scott had any advice for students who think their friends may be victims of abuse or sexual assault. I always tell kids, if you see something, you need to say something, especially if they're your friend. And I think kids, especially adolescents, teenagers like I work with, they obviously care a lot about what their friends think. Nobody wants to be a snitch. There's a big culture of like, I don't want to tell, you know, the truth about anything. And that even includes sometimes if they're concerned about the welfare, you know, of their, of a friend or they're concerned that they might be abused. But yeah, just really encouraging kids and affirming them when they, you know, maybe come forward and share something that that's going on with their friend that they're concerned about. I think that helps kids feel confident to come forward. But if you, you know, are a student or concerned, maybe you're a parent and you're concerned about your child's friend might be being abused. Obviously, you can report that concern to law enforcement. You can report it to a teacher. Um, And even, you know, talk to that student or that child's parent if it's safe to do so. So if you think it's safe to contact that parent about your concern because your child told you something about that friend, definitely do that. But I, I would say definitely, you know, tell somebody we often or I often have, you know, parents in the community calling me saying, hey, my kid goes to school with this kid at your school, they made some comments that they were concerned about something that was happening at home. You know, I just want you to know that. Um, Obviously, there's also the Department of Human Services has, you know, in our county, Eau Claire County has, you know, an access line that's available 24-7, and you can call and talk with a social worker and report any concerns about abuse or sexual assault. I always tell people it's better to just trust your gut and report it and have it be, you know, nothing than to have it be something and not have said anything. So those are a bunch of different options. But yeah, when in doubt, whatever county you're in, they usually have some type of, you know, mandatory reporting system where you can report 
concerns and then they can, you know, give it to the appropriate people to follow up. And lastly, I wanted to know what does a resource officer do to de-stress? So what do I do to de-stress? Uh, a lot of different things. Um, I really enjoy physical movement, whether that's walking, running, lifting weights, but I really enjoy and have gotten into training Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So that's like a grappling martial art, and that's so fun to me. Um, it's just really a fun way to end my day or if I have a stressful day to go and do a workout class. Um, I also like to bake. <laughs> that's kind of Sometimes I think I stress bake, but sometimes I bake to like de-stress and I enjoy being like creative in the kitchen. I also like spending time with friends, you know, family, being outside in nature. Those are all ways I, you know, try to de-stress or, you know, appropriately handle the stressors of the day-to-day. It's sad to know that children are facing abuse, especially at the difficult teenage years. So please, if you think one of your fellow students are being abused or neglected, say something. I promise it won't make you a snitch. It would actually make you a hero in my book. With that said, I hope you have a good day or night. I'd like to thank you for listening, and a special thanks for Officer Scott, the baking martial artist, for taking the time to talk with us. Until next time. If you or someone you know is affected by domestic violence, or sexual assault, I encourage you to reach out to our 100% confidential 24-hour hotline. That number is 715-834-9578. We have trained advocates ready to help.